Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Bob, and Mara is with us. You're listening to You Are Okay, which is powered by Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Mara. How are you this morning? I am great. Good morning, Bob. It is so nice to hear your voice. Oh, I'm so pleased that we're I'm back on together. Back. I've been gone for three weeks. And I appreciate Brian stepping in, Nara Narayana, for stepping in and co-hosting in my absence. I really appreciate it. me too. Thank you, Brian. Had a had a lot of different experiences over the last three weeks that I'll share some of those with you today. And our topic today is compassion. There's not enough. Illusion or reality. So we'll talk about the... Um, the loop scarcity as an illusion born of fear used to justify greed and judgment. And I think Mara came up with the topic, and and um, well, I know Mara came up with the topic, but I was <laughs> Googling and realized that actually the illusion of scarcity is sort of a, not necessarily a law, but a, but a method maybe that's employed in business to generate more profit. Bit about that, and just go with the flow and see. We know we don't have a scripted show. We just put the topic, find a few readings that we share with you, get you to call in and talk about what's on your mind today. The guest call-in number is six five nine five three five eight four. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Paul, tell us what's on your mind. So, Bob, what, tell us a little bit about where you've been this last three weeks. Well, I've been kind of a little bit all over the place, really. I started out leaving home in Austin, and and from there I ended up in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, where I worked with a customer for a couple of weeks. From there I went to New Mexico to see some friends and go to the annual wine and chili event that's that. And then back home again. Thing that's a lot. Yeah, you know how it is when you're gone for a while. You get a billion emails and mail mail to go through. I don't get a whole lot of mail mail <laughs> anymore. You know, there's a there is something good that comes from moving. You now get to select who you want to talk to you. That's true. I guess there are numbers you can, or websites you can go to to stop the junk mail. I've just never taken. Well, actually, there is. It's one of our advertisers, and I'm not advertising for it, but maybe I am. LifeLock uh, really does do a pretty good job. You know, um, in testimony to them, uh, I don't get a lot of junk mail. I don't get unsolicited credit card offers, which I don't need. And I do, when I moved recently, they called to confirm my new address. Even Ah. though I had changed it online for them, they called to confirm that, in fact, my address had changed. And they get, they do, they've put fraud alerts, and so there cannot be significant purchases made in my name by anyone without them checking LifeLock. And so, uh, you know what, folks, Uh, it costs $100, I think, a year. Uh, it's the best hundred dollars that I've spent ever. Um, I had my stuff stolen. I did not have my identity stolen, but I have had things stolen from me. And you know, that's the that's the first sense of scarcity is money. My gosh, there's not going to be enough. And um, I had someone who was taking three hundred dollars a day out of my checking account. And of course, no one wanted to believe it wasn't me, except that clearly it wasn't me. <laughs> you know. I was it was like I was in Sacramento and this person was in Reno and in Washington and all over the place but not in my not in Sacramento. And I got my money back. It took a little bit of time, but that gave me an artificial sense of scarcity. So this last year when I lost my wallet and it was that was weird too. That's a whole different story. I then um got LifeLock when I was able to do it. You have to have a credit card to do it. 
And uh, I fortunately called everybody right away, so I didn't have any experience there, but I got this LifeLock, and I recommend it. It is one of our advertisers, uh, but even if it weren't our advertiser, I would recommend it just from my personal experience with this move. So it's worth it, Bob. Oh, I I believe it. I remember having my wallet stolen once, and the they went they went to town to shopping, and mm-hmm. you're right. The, the you call the credit card, and they want to make sure that it they you fill out affidavits swearing that it wasn't you that did made the charges because they were close to your home. And I mean, in my case, they weren't. Actually, they weren't close to my home. They were. I was out of town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. What they did is they bought a lot of gift cards. So oh, yeah? I don't okay. know how they not track those. This was several years ago when gift cards first started being being used a lot. And yeah, just to remember what you have in your wallet or in your purse is, uh, you know, it, it took a while to remember everything that was there. I will tell you that a good Samaritan did. Um, Google my address. They found my driver's license sitting at a gas station. Uh, and so they, they Googled my my address and did bring my driver's license back to me, and that was very wonderful. I was so appreciative. But I was in a situation where I couldn't even, if I had, I wanted to, and I did want to give them a reward. I couldn't give them anything more than my kind words because I couldn't even get any money out of my bank. I had no ID. I had no debit card. I had nothing. And so, uh, and I had had to go and get a driver's license. I did have some checks, and fortunately at the Department of Motor Vehicles, they took my check without ID, but no one else would. (laughs) Right. it was it was a very very interesting time my friends and so and and it's interesting when you think about scarcity we so often start with money um i opened my mind to this topic and i'm very interested to hear about the advertising component of it that makes something more valuable cuz can i say that i think we're seeing the flip of that with uh tj maxx cuz they're trying to explain why it is that they can have a handbag. My mom just bought me a handbag that was marked, like, I don't know, about $400. And she got it for less than half that price. And she bought it for me for my birthday. And, uh, well, I helped pay for it. I couldn't let her spend that much money on my birthday. But putting that aside, um, how is it that TJ Maxx can have a $400 bag and uh in its store that's selling for much, much less. And and the reality is that what happens is, although the image of scarcity is created in a very high-end boutique where you go in and they have all this elegant stuff, um, the same marketing principles that apply for Kmart and uh, Walmart is you make as many as you can hoping that all these different boutiques all around the United States like this particular item and are willing to pay for it. And when they don't, when they've reached their maximum availability for those who have the funds to pay over $400, then they sell the leftovers to TJ Maxx. Right, or Marshalls or Ross. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. When you were talking about the life lock, you know, I thought, well, yeah. okay, we're going down kind of a strange avenue here. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, it dawned on me that really we were, were really we weren't because think about the person that's that took your credit cards or your debit card and they needed they they had they felt a sense of scarcity themselves that made them need to be able to made them need to take that from someone else. That's exactly right. I mean, all that's perfect. It's all wrapped around this whole sense of the illusion of scarcity when, you know, in fact, there's so much out there. And, you know, I was shared with someone in an email, I was maybe arguing a little bit and said, you know, hey, you know, it may be what your problem is is that you want too much. And I'm not saying that you, there's nothing wrong with wanting and nothing wrong with visualizing what you want and getting what you want, but you know, don't take it to excesses. Do you really have to have, you know, the latest and greatest of everything all the time? 
so that you can show up other people. Be thankful for what you have. You have enough. Look around you at what you've got. There's so many people out there that that don't have anything. I think with anything yeah. that you know that I saw when I was in Africa is we went to the world's largest market there and outdoor market. You could buy anything you wanted from fruits and vegetables to a mattress if you needed one. And it, you know, we we see pictures on TV of people that are laying, begging, and they have, you know, a, a cut in their leg and, you know, there's bugs crawling in it and pus oozing out. And, and you know, and I think until you really see that up in your face and it's a real live human being laying there just suffering so bad that that you know you realize wow look around why I real I have enough I I don't, there's nothing I want for nothing I have a roof over my head I have clothes I have I'm not waiting you know hoping that someone will give me money to buy me food I ha- I have enough yeah yeah and I think in in part receiving your email describing some of what you were seeing in Africa, and I know it was only some of what that could come across your fingers, that there's such an emotional attachment to it. I I really started thinking about the concept of enough. What What is enough? And then I had a phone call from someone who's very close to me, who is in, and I mentioned this on the Friday show, so for those of you who listen Friday and are now listening again, forgive me for repeating a story but this person does very well in life is very young is very young i'm sometime i mean there are young people who have sparkling careers we've all seen them in our lives where when they're 33 they make more money than their parent you know and will probably continue on in that upward um Arena and this person makes uh, a lot of money not just because of her skill set but because of her personality. She's very loving, kind, caring. Looks for uh, the best in people. Uh, doesn't always see it, but but you know, uh, and then has to look harder. Uh, but she but you know what the distinction is? None of most of us look for the best in people, and we recognize it when it's so easily and readily apparent on the surface. But we don't look, we we don't look a little harder, and maybe the glory of this young person is that she does look a little harder, a little deeper, and then she looks a little deeper still. And she was, but nevertheless, uh, she was suddenly petrified with the, the with the thoughts of the people around her. She had on the right hand a group of people who were monitoring their investment, something that she doesn't do very often. And I can't blame her. I don't do it very often myself because I don't want to know how much money I've lost in the last few weeks. I'll be yeah, frank with you. Not the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't even want to see my statement this month. Uh, and so, but these people, there are literally a whole group of people out there who are preparing themselves to have enough in the event that they lose their job, they lose their houses, they lose everything. They want to have enough cash at hand. Now, my friends, part of the Great Depression, just historically, that most of us don't know about, is everybody wanted to get all their cash out of the banks. Right. Because of a delusion that they were vulnerable. And part of the reason, and I have no idea where these thoughts are coming from, but part of the reason that the... But their money Bail was up. scarce. Pardon me? They thought yeah. that their money was going to be scarce. There was that false illusion of scarcity. Exactly. And this whole bailout plan, the reason they're giving us greater insurance, $250,000 to leave our money in the bank, is because there's this whole onslaught of very well-paid people who are withdrawing their money from the bank. And, and, and so they're taking away the cash component that keeps the, this movement of cash through a variety of levels is what keeps everything functioning. And that's part of what drives all that's going on is when you get this, as Bob said, this sense of scarcity. The, so my daughter, who's this person who's telling me this story, is 
worried because she hasn't saved enough money for three months, and every these people around her are now, you know, stockpiling food and they're stockpiling this, and that that whole concept frightens her. Not, but when I when I ask, is it because you think you're going to lose your job? No. But then on the flip side of that, on the other hand, on the left hand, here is a friend who has been laid off now until March when she'll be able to come up and work on a project with my daughter. So all of that is creating this illusion of scarcity in my daughter's life when her life is fine. I mean, it's just truly wonderful. And so I heard that. Then I'm hearing all of the the talk about the the bailout and and the fears that are going between people and what i realized is when we think about enough and we you and i've talked about this before we tend to define it in such a narrow little box that we by our very actions create scarcity so if if i'm not worried about my whole community and my whole state and my whole country surviving these difficult times, then I'm going to rush out and pull all of my cash out of all the banks. That way, when the hard times come, I will have this cash, which will make me better than everybody else. Will put me in a different place than everyone else. Will make it possible for me to continue to consume which is the very root of the whole problem is <laughs> exactly and that's exactly exactly now we have that illusion I, what what I was what I was reading about the illusion of scarcity is that you know you could use it in marketing and advertising to to pose that there's there is an illusion of the scarcity of whatever this commodity is that you want to buy let's just say a certain pen cuz I'm looking at a pen I don't want to pick on who they were picking on on the internet. <laughs> but okay. let's say that there's this pen and they give this illusion that, you know, there's only so many available. I mean, you know, we see it on TV all the time. Once you start to think about it as a limited time offer, there's only so many available. Or I think I've watched mm-hmm. home shopping, you know, as you flip through the channels, I've never really, never bought anything from it, actually. Um, you know, and they always say there's only five minutes left or five of these things left. So they're giving you this illusion that it's scarce, that you're not going to be able to get it unless you hurry up and call in and get the super-duper mop of the year or whatever it is, or pen. So, you know, it's it, it's an end. It, it, it does create that illusion for people. And, and you know, look at oil. You know, how much oil really is there? Is it an illusion that we don't have enough oil? And let's not say that, um, not to say that I'm a proponent of using oil, but, you know, we we think of it in terms of scarcity of maybe just energy, period. Well, there's so many other sources of energy that we don't even look at. We don't really look at wind and and all of the other things or, or uh, solar energy. We don't put our investments there. We just keep buying the oil which is polluting our environment because we have this illusion that it's scarce, the price is going up and up and up and up. When in, in, and therefore in reality, you look good if you... In Go reality, we've got... And we're making these people super, super rich uh, because we have this illusion that there's a scarcity of energy when in fact there's so much energy out there that we're not harnessing that it's almost sickening to think about it. Yeah, and the people... Are who now have more of of the scarce resource money, therefore va- believe they're better, and we've created this cycle of thinking that somehow they are better than others. I mean, to me, it goes to such a deep question uh, and a really narrow question. Okay, so we stop consuming. What do we do with the leftover cash? What we do for most of us is we say, okay, we're going to keep this cash for ourselves and and we we narrow it down and we and we narrow the definition of family and so 
we still justify. It's, it's almost like a circular kind of thing because now we keep the cash so that we're better by having the cash and we don't recognize that if we would all open our hands, it's not that we wouldn't be able to consume, but it's instead that we should make sure that everyone we recognize the connection between all of us and we wouldn't want to because we are connected. Have someone in um, Africa with a cut in their leg without proper medical treatment any more than we would want that person laying on Madison Avenue. Exactly. Or in our house. And, and we we artificially create scarcity so that some people can have money, which makes them better than those who don't, when in reality we're all God's kids. And, and you know what? How many times have we been hearing these kinds of discussions in our Sunday school classes and in our churches? And, and isn't it the epitome of Christian thinking and of Muslim thinking and of uh, Jewish thinking that we need, and it is, my friends, I've studied them all, that we need to share and that we, we need to care about the people around us. And, and I think... I think and call me weird. I pro- I prophesy. Is that the right word? Prophecy. Prophesy. I guess. Whatever the word is. You know what I'm saying? I'm making a projection, and I pray that I see it in my life. That if we all would just start recognizing there is enough, so because there is enough, we don't have to cling to so much. So many things. Uh, I have so much. I am so blessed. But that doesn't make me bad. Everybody in the world doesn't want to be a, a lawyer. You know? But everybody in the world has a right to have their sores treated. To have food in their belly without begging. And that if we can get past our thinking about scarcity and believe there is enough, and therefore show there is enough by believing we're enough. Once you start believing you're enough, you need less. That's right. You start being more thankful for what you do have, for what's around you, for for the things that you have, for the relationships that you have, for just everything. Once you realize that you have enough and you are enough and that there is not a scarcity out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all yeah, starts with there... loving yourself. Yes, it does. It does. It starts with letting go of worry. And that's what I said to my daughter. I hope she, she doesn't listen to this program. She's not going to out at her. But that's what I said to her. Yeah, there was a line I was... Uh... As you travel, you know, there's really nothing to do in an airplane for eight hours and had several eight-hour flights, so you watch TV. And I don't remember what show it was, but one of the lines was, um, now I do remember what show it was, was, I don't pray because I don't worry. Yeah. And that just left a mark on me. I was like, wow, very, very interesting that, you know, if you do put all worry aside, Would you pray? You know, this person was probably an an atheist, and well, in the end, they ended up praying anyway. But um, it was just very thought-provoking to me. If I don't worry, I don't have to pray. Yes, yes, and um, and the idea being that it's a fear. Not enough is a fear. It's an illusion of our human experience. The Hindus call that Maya or Maya. Um, and it, it's the, to me, it's Maya. I, I may, please I call it Maya because in Spanish, Maya means something else. 
<laughs> yeah, I call it Maya too, but if I'm saying it wrong, please call in, my friend, 646-595-3584 and correct my pronunciation, but it, it's it's an illusion. It's, it, it truly, truly is an illusion. And um, I have, um, and it generates fear and worry. And, and I really, I sell them on this show encourage people to go back and listen to the meditation series on Friday. But on Friday, I feel as though love spoke through me. But for the last several weeks, I've been doing this thing of instead of identifying the chakras, I've been instead saying, let's look at the purpose of the chakra so that as we pull our air through the chakra, we pull the power to be all we can be with that air up, and we unite it to become divinely inspired. And as I did that, I've kind of developed my own mantra, and and it looks at that fear component. And so you pull your air up, and your base chakra is fear. So now as you pull that air through, you're going to pull through fear-free, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, we forgive with our mouths. Manifesting. We can believe there can be different level, levels of acquisition without everybody having the same because everybody doesn't want the same. Everybody doesn't want the hassle. You know, I know lots of people who don't want to work 18-hour days. If they don't want to work 18-hour days, it's going to be hard for them to be a lawyer or to be an IT specialist or for them to manage a business. You know, and that's okay. But at least they should have enough. Manifesting what you need. You would find that there's as many needs on this planet as there are people. And then finally, uh, you know, you the You hit upon a very good point there that, that you know, re- resounded in me one day I was talking to a colleague and, you know, there's some people that have been in, in our business for a very long time and they've been in the same position and there's people that have been there for a long time that have moved up through the ranks. And, you know, my, and I remember talking to someone and saying, you know, I don't understand, you know, this person is, you know, maybe I might even said a lot more intelligent or, you know, better at their job than someone else who got promoted. And her comment to me was, well, but think of it this way. She said, they like to come to work every day at eight o'clock and leave at five o'clock because, you know, for example, this person likes to spend a lot of time with his kids. This person, she likes to uh, do plays outside of work. This person likes to uh, whatever that it was. I'm just making up stuff. Whatever it is that they like yes. to do. And, it, you know, that's not that's not their ambition. Is They like the job that they have. It's their thing that they want to do. And they have no interest in in, in moving forward in their career because they're satisfied outside of their job with other things in life. And I was like, hmm, interesting. It's not what motivates me. I like to move ahead and I like, you know, to, to move ahead in my job and to be, uh, you know, get promotions and, and, and move up the chain. But, you know, maybe that's not for everybody. And who am I to judge that that person would rather spend time, you know, doing a play? That's right. And when you're with that person, they're happy. Right. They're and they're exactly. content. They're happy. And they're they're using their uh their time, their they're they're using their job that they use to make money to make it possible for to do them the to things pursue. that they want to do outside of work. <laughs> yeah, that they love. And there's a beautiful um quote that says, love your true self, because they're being true to themselves. Love your true self, which is naturally happy and peaceful and bright. Awaken to your own nature, and all delusion melts like a dream. And that's the Estavakra Geta, 18.1. Maybe I should say that again, because to me it's so profound. Love your true self, which is naturally happy and peaceful and bright. Awaken to your own desire, and all delusion melts like a dream. Because what is enough, my friends, is such a flexible standard. 
if we were to go to Africa, to the very community where my where um, Bob and I, I almost used another person's name, and so I had to move myself away from it. But uh, Bob and his um, his coworker were. I don't think I. I don't know if I'm using names today. What's going on in my head? But if you go to, <laughs> but if you go to Africa where Bob and his coworker were, what is enough is so, defined so differently. Food, right. basic food that that for the palate that many of us would think, oh, this this is all we get. But if we were hungry, it would be the right amount. And uh, shelter, medicine. And and so it is a flexible concept, and it doesn't mean that anyone is wrong. What matters is not about being right or wrong for a change. It matters about believing in love, in God, in Allah, in Yahweh, that you are valuable and you will be taken care of and that you have something to share, that you have something to share. And we need to empower ourselves, friends, you always hear about the light and the dark and you don't see the light until you see the dark. It's 2008. It will soon be 2009. We need to empower ourselves to let go of one dark area in our world. That area where people around our globe do not have enough food. That area where people around our globe do not have enough medicine. You remember, folks, a lot of that right here in our own communities, in our own backyards, too. It's Absolutely. Not just, uh, it's not just, it's just anywhere. It's, it's in our own backyards. It's in our own, maybe even in our own homes. Absolutely. We need to look to that. And, and, and we, don't need, we don't need that part of enough. We don't need that part where we uh, can justify what we have. Why do we have to justify what we have? Because we recognize there are those without basic life needs. And so we, we need to come to some place where we we get rid of that dark zone. I because I have to tell you I don't think I ha- we have a listener out there who feels that they are better because there are people starving in the rest of the world. And so when they don't open, when they and they cling to what they have for fear that if they let go of any of it, they will somehow be vulnerable and and be dropped to that image. Why don't we white out the image? Then each and every person would know that it was okay to try exciting, daring, new opportunities because they would never be without food. They would never be without shelter. They would never be without medical care. Who knows what wondrous opportunities await us if we stop pulling our cash out of the bank so that we're able to continue to consume when the rest of the world can't and it makes us better and let go of that sense. Let's wipe out that image. It's white out. It's an illusion that we can take care of. One of the most upsetting but compelling images that I ever have read was a discussion of the Holocaust. You need to know it breaks my heart to imagine the Holocaust now, still. At my age, it just breaks my heart to think that we as humans ever fell to that level. And yet what a wonderful opportunity was offered 
to the then citizens of Germany, of Poland, of Hungary, um, where these terrible, terrible camps were, off, were, for them to have whited out the image that Jews were less than, for them to have whited out the image that they needed to do something to eradicate people, and for them to instead, at that moment, have lifted everyone up. The world would be a better place if they could have seen the equality and the connection between all of us. The six-plus million Jews that died went home, and they were embraced by love, by light. The people on the streets in Africa, when they die, will go home, and they will be embraced by light. But they are providing us the same choice that was provided to the citizens in those countries. To step beyond our insular sense of having enough, of what is enough for us. To recognize our connection and invite, invite equality on a base level. We will still have many with much, but we would have all with enough. None without. None without. None without. Well, Maybe that should be our mantra today, none without, Bob. None without. Well, how about we do this? How about I do the centering exercise Thank and you. you do your new you. breathing exercise with us? Oh, Okay, I would love to. Okay. Let us. Uh, I'm, let me. Let's pick a, a something we would like to listen to as we're doing this. You know what? I have to tell you. Let's. I know you folks may get tired of it. We have. We used to have this huge block of music to play, but because I only pick the same ones over and over, they. I now have to re-upload. But for today, can we do Meditation Station Pool of the Soul as our background music while we're doing this, Bob? Sure. All right, then I'm going to start that, and please lead us through it. First of all, I'd just like everyone to kind of sit back, relax, and just say thank you and be thankful for everything that you have. Be thankful that you have enough. And let's start in on our centering exercise, which comes from How to Pray Without Being Religious by Janelle Moon. There is a seed in you that is your center. It is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart, in the deepest place of your being where love is never-ending. It is the place where love can find protection. Love can find its root. Love can find its wings to grow. This is your center. This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in which you matter. From your heart, you are centered. You are in a green, growing place of love. Love starts with you and shines its face on you. Love loves you. Love spreads to your neighbors, to the world. You are centered. You are love. You are centered in the wonder of love. Now let's begin to take deep breaths, getting yourself in a comfortable position. That can be any position, any place, because all places are holy, my friends. All places are holy. All places are places where love is waiting to reunite with you and to inspire you, if you would just open your heart. So let's act as though we are breathing through our feet, but your air is actually going to come in through your nose. So pulling your air in through your nose, pull it up and feel your feet begin to electrify as you're pulling energy up your body through air. You're bringing it up the front of your calves, up the front of your thighs. You are now coming to the base chakra. And at that point, you're going to begin aligning your divining rod, your chakras. 
And now as we pull that air up and you move through the red zone of your base chakra, you're going to let go of all of your fear. Feel that red energy dissipating as it becomes illuminous and you're releasing the fears, the worries that you do not have enough, starting at the base, my friends, that you are not enough. Believe in the wonder of you. You are special. You are here to make a difference. No matter what choice that is, high or low, you are here. And because you are needed in order for all the stitches in the fabric of life to be whole. Let go of your worries. Let go of your fears. And now pull that fear-free energy up into the sacral chakra. That orangey zone and release and let out creative energy within you let it course through your body and know that you have something within you that can bring out wondrous things feel that orange energy moving through your body now pull your fear free creative energy up into the solar plexus, the healing zone, friends, the zone where you let go of all that holds you back, where you heal yourself of illness, emotional and real. Feel the yellow energy of the solar plexus, of the chakra releasing and going through your body, coursing through your bloodstream, coursing across your hands, coursing out to the world as you send forth fear-free, creative, healing energy. Pull your breath up. Pull fear-free, creative, healing air up now to the zone of love, to your heart. Feel your heart chakra, that beautiful, vibrant green zone, began to pulsate with love and know that the love you have is enough to change the world. The Kasa Upanishad says, the adorable one who is seated in the heart rules the breath of life. Unto him all the senses pay their homage. When the dweller in the body breaks out, in the freedom from the bonds of flesh, what remains? For this is self, is supreme. For this self is supreme. Katha Upanishad, the heart. Your heart is now glowing this beautiful green, green, iridescent green color because it is pulled air that is fear-free, healing, creative energy into your heart. And you are sending love around the planet, my friends. Stretch your arms out so that the energy that you are creating within yourselves can be shared with all who listen now and all who listen later. Now breathing, and remember we're having many more breaths than one and two or three as we go through this. Breathing in through your nose, and you'll breathe out through your mouth. But let's breathe in energy again. This time we're breathing fear-free, creative, healing, and now loving energy up into our throat chakras. My friends, this is where all the words that we say come from. Forgive yourself. Heal yourself for not having always said the right word at the right time. Open yourself to looking for loving words and know that your words can change the world. Knowing that none should be without can become the mantra of your life. And with that mantra... You let go of the illusion that you don't have enough and that you aren't enough. And you know you are enough. 
all. Let's sit here in the moment and bask in this beautiful rainbow of energy that we have brought to ourselves, forgiving ourselves and others. Now, let us pull our fear-free, creative, healing, loving, forgiving energy up, up, pulling it up through and to the third eye, the brow chakra, the home of manifestation. Now, my friends, know that there is enough for you to have anything that you desire. Desire for yourself and desire for others. Manifest, I invite you and encourage you to manifest with your fear-free, creative, healing, loving, forgiving energy. A world where we who know work to let go of the illusion that there is not enough. Invite triumph and knowledge into any moment, no matter how trying, so that we can ask ourselves, what in love is there in this moment for me? And we can stop empowering with our fears and our worries the negative energy that is currently consuming our planet. Well, we can answer the question for ourselves, Where did all this money go? And no, it went nowhere. It can't be and not be in a matter of seconds based on what happens on a board. That is an illusion. That is a delusion. And we can trust and know that we can make a difference. Let us manifest a world of helping and caring with one another. And now let us pull our fear-free, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting air up. And now we come to the top of the divining rod. Open, open your crown chakra, my friends. Yes, you are worthy. You are enough. Feel the energy of God transfusing your breath. And so there's a giant scientific piper system, piper tubing above your head, and your air is going through and being recharged and divinely inspired. And now breathe out through your mouth. Breathe out and drive back down in, uniquely divine Inspiring energy for you. Manifesting energy. Forgiving energy. Loving energy. Healing, creative, fear-free energy and drive it through your body. And know you, my friends, are enough. And now without me talking except to read, say the breath as it moves through the zones. Let's do this together. Please begin to breathe through your nose. And as you do, pull your breath, fill your lungs, fill your lungs and pull your breath, fear-free breath, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, Manifesting divinely inspired. Feel, my friends, in your body the sparkle of reminding yourself you're valuable to love, to God, to Allah, to Yahweh, to the Great Spirit, to the Be All. Now blow out and pull that breath completely back through your body knowing you are enough. You have enough. You can share. 
you can share love without risk. Pull your breath, fear-free, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting, divinely inspired, and breathe back out, divinely inspired, manifesting, forgiving, loving, healing, creative, fear-free air, knowing you are enough. Pull in, fear-free, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting, divinely inspired, breathing out through your mouth, divinely inspired, manifesting, forgiving, loving, healing, creative, fear-free air. And now let us take this beautiful pocket of energy that we have created and let us send it around the world. Let us send a sense of enough. The recognition that God knows each of us personally. The realization that there is nothing to fear but fear itself. And the commitment that none should be without. And know that in so doing, we are taking away from the negative energy that is building and we are sending instead a cloud, a luminescent cloud of love around the planet. And that as we build and add members to that cloud, as we add people, to that cloud until the energy becomes so strong we will completely wipe out white out like a typing error the illusion that some people need to be without in order for our society to survive And we will grow to great heights in love by that white out. Namaste, my friends. May love enfold you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you wow. for the opportunity. Wow, I needed that. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. So did I. I always do. You know, so did I. I do think I will try to put on our tagline up above the idea that none should be without as a reminder that that is going to become the mantra of our show. Right. Kind of a combination. You are okay and none should be without. That is perfect. Yeah. I did have... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Yes, it's a great message. None should be without. And I wrote it on... uh, I have another Hindu quote. I think today must be my day of Hindu quotes, but um, this one is from the... Uh, is from Ramakrishna, and it goes, Live in a world like a waterfowl. The water clings to the bird, but the bird shakes it off. Live in the world like a mudfish. The fish lives in the mud, but its skin is always bright and shiny. It is possible, my friends, to do what we've been talking about today. Yes, it is possible. It is, and it starts with loving yourself. Remember, everyone, to take time for yourself every day to either do a breathing exercise or sit silently and and just center yourself and focus on you and make sure that you're taking care of yourself. I know we have very busy, busy, busy schedules, most of us, and we don't take the time to do that. We don't take time to 
to even relax. We just hop into bed and go to sleep or lay there and toss and turn trying to go to sleep. I think, you know, if we just take that time to maybe light a candle and just stare at it or I usually typically just run my finger through it and clear my head and just think of nothing as, try to think of nothing as I just roll my finger through the flame up above, making sure I don't burn myself, of course. And just taking those few moments for yourself, I think, really makes a difference and and remind yourself to be to do that and at the same time to be thankful for what you have. And I think yes. it'll make a big difference in your life and how you see things, how you interpret the way that others interact with you. And of course in as one of the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is be impeccable with your word. Think about what you're gonna say when you before you say it. Don't hastily Say things, don't hastily send emails, don't hastily make decisions. Take time and think about things. Think about what the other person on the other end might, how they might interpret your action. Yes, and believe there's enough, my friends. Don't bring thoughts to yourself, worries uh, such as my daughter brought that have no basis in reality, but when we bring those thoughts into their life, our life, we make them real. My daughter, both of them resist the spiritual side of my life. It makes them very uncomfortable. But despite that, I said to her, you're adding to this whole negative cloud that's going around our world. You know, I I know I seem to be reading a lot today, but I, I read this last week, and I think it's still so beautiful, the Shavastasvatra Upanishad. I mean, my friends know that these things in many were written before Christ came on board. And aren't we lucky that Christ came with his simple message of love? Love God with your heart, your mind, and your soul. Love others as you love yourself. And here, Shavastasvatra Tara Upanishad, I know I'm saying that wrong. May we harness body and mind to see the Lord of life who dwells in everyone. May we ever with one-pointed mind strive for blissful union with the Lord. May we train our senses to serve the Lord through the practice of meditation. Great is the glory of the Lord of life, infinite, omnipresent, all-knowing, he is known by the wise who meditate and conserve their vital energy. Who practice what Jesus said, love others as you love yourself. When Jesus said in Corinthians, we are of the body and the body is one, he was reminding all of us that we are special to love to God and that we are enough. We are enough. In our final moments of the program today, I'm going to put on Bamboo Desert, which is is a nice light piece of music. Well, not so light. It's a little vibrant, but it talks about life. The struggle for all of us to stay, the struggle for all of us to remember that we are part of love of God. In the midst of all of the turmoil around us. The struggle not to add to the negative energy that is enveloping our planet at this point. I'm going to invite all of you to join me as often as you can during this week to send love to our planet, to empower the positive side so that we can start whiting out some of the negative drama that does not need to exist. We don't have to get rid of Mercedes Benzes for those who want them in order to ensure that those who are hungry have food. Thank you all, and I'm going to leave Bob for the last few seconds here. Peace be with each and every one of you every day. I look forward to feeling your energy around you. Every time you see a butterfly, Remember, it's a time of change, and you're a part of the change. 
And every time you feel the wind on your face, know that it is God, love, Allah, Yahweh, kissing your cheeks. Namaste. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for being with us this week. We sure appreciate our listeners. We thank you for being here with our appointment with love. Love is what we call God, Allah, Yahweh, etc., the many faces of God. We thank you for sharing this time with us. It's our it's our pleasure. It's what we look forward to each week to share with people our message of love and leading with love. Please, this week, be thankful for what you have. Remember that you are loved and may love enfold you.